Let's live in great worship there. Two or three are gathered together, we're worshiping God. Thank you. I want to talk to you today just uh, in light of uh, recent events about the importance of uh, our country and our world to understand how to connect to God in prayer. There are some times in life that you realize that you are not strong enough to face the situation, that you don't have the answer to all the questions, but you know that God does. And so we need to understand the importance of connecting to Him. Author Stormy R. Martin has written several books, and I've read many of them, uh, and her books are all similar. They're all on the topic of prayer, and it's, uh, it's interesting to when you look at her books, she writes to the power of a praying husband, the power of a praying wife, and they all begin with the statement, the power of prayer, and the sentence can be completed in, in any other way, so the power of a praying church, the power of a praying neighborhood, the power of praying a group, and so that's how she wrote all the books, and I've read many of them. But we must not forget that, that we need the power of a praying nation. Can I get a witness? And maybe the recent events has called us when we realize that we don't have the answer within ourselves, that we have to look outside human ability and look for divine qualities and divine answers, and that's where we are today. We must never forget that prayer is important. Prayer is not powerful because of one praying. Rather, the one praying is powerful because they prayed. And the answer to our future is to pray about these things. God has so much to give us, but sadly we fail to answer Him, fail to respond to Him. And so I want you to know that God wants us to be in a spirit of prayer, and I want to begin this message with just that and ask for prayer. Would you bow with me? God in heaven, we pray that there would be an answer at least for the ones in this room and the ones who hear this message on, on live feed, that we would, we would see the answers that you have for these questions that we are not sure how to respond to. We, we respond to this as people who are humble and people who need help. We respond to this as we met with our chairman deacons and vice chairman deacon this week. We wanted to make a response to this as a church that was correct but it was also full of compassion for those who have fears. And that's the way we've designed our church today. So we pray out of that correctness and out of that compassion, we see the ability to call on you in prayer <clears throat> that you would give us the answers we need as we face these questions of life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Jeremiah 33.3 says this, Call unto me and I will show you and answer you and show you great and mighty things you do not know. There's another great prayer in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If you have your Bibles, I want you to look at it. <clears throat> and this is a prayer that we need to hear in our country today. <clears throat> Excuse me. If my people who bear my name humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and underline these next few words, and heal their land. If ever we needed a healer, we need it now in America. And Isaiah tells us, First, Second Corinthians chapter four, chapter seven, verse fourteen tells us exactly how to find that prayer. Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse fourteen. Here's what the Bible says: Prayer calls us. He says, "If my people, you don't realize that not everybody prays out there. Now, surely they say this is true. Then in a foxhole, everybody prays, and maybe that's where we are as a country now. In a in a proverbial foxhole, the enemy is coming at us, disease is coming at us, 
what do we do? We can't fire back. If we do, we don't know who we're going to hit and, and how we're going to hurt. But God knows the enemy. My people, not everybody prays, but the church should pray. There's a great promise in prayer. But it's sad that we don't, we don't trust those promises. Prayer is calling us to believe. There should be no finger pointing in all this. Rather, we just simply just say, God in heaven, you're the answer. God in heaven, we need your help. And it says, in, in fact, there's many translations, the King James Version says, I didn't read out of the King James Version, but it says this in King James, if my people, the operative word is if. You know, there's some things that return us to that if. What we're facing now as a country, as a world, or maybe we need to know what that if is. If we will pray. If we will turn back to God. If we will trust Him. If we'll seek an answer. If we'll find out help beyond ourselves. And the word if is powerful in the biblical theology. In fact, think about these terms with if. If we believe, we go to heaven. If we trust, we find answers. If we obey, we have peace. If we surrender, we have guidance. If we call the word if, if you've ever, you ever studied these in theology, we study these things called conditional covenants, agreements between mankind and God. And one of the conditional covenants, the covenants begins with the word if, two letters, if. If we do our part, God will faithfully do his part. Prayer calls on all of those people who believe in God to do their part by calling him. And when we call on him, he does his part by sending an answer. If, if. In fact, if you think about it, the idea of life, people, popular word today, we talk about we do life with people. We, we, do, we do spiritual life here. People marry, say they do life with each other. But if you ever look at that word and break it down, there's L and there's E. But between the L and the E is the if. You can't really do life unless you satisfy the ifs. If. And the answer for our future is in the if. If we will, as God's people, be God's people. Prayer calls believers not only to believe, prayer calls, calls God's people to behave. Make no mistake about it. And I'll be very soft on this because I want to be careful here, but it bothers God when people don't obey. And he knows it. And you might ask this question, at what point in life does our disobedience create disappointment in God? God does worry about it. He he does both. He calls us to salvation. But, but if you look in theology, he also calls us to sanctification. He calls us to healing. He calls us to holiness. He calls us to be better. We, we have to look at our country and ask these questions that if we want a better country, what we need is better men and women that leave the country. Can I get a witness? If we want a better church, the church is always looking for methods and style and changes. But if we want a better church, we need better men and women and children and young people who lead that church. God has that in the if. If we want a better church, we'll become people that believe like a church should believe. If. If we want better fathers and mothers. If. They'll believe and behave. We used to sing a song in church, Take Time to Be Holy. Holiness sometimes takes time. And I find sometimes when we have big tragedies or challenges like we're facing right now with the, with the coronavirus, that we have this issue that people start, start looking introspectively, say, hey, what is right and what is wrong within me? Prayer calls us to behave, believe and behave. Take time to be holy. <laughs> by, by, by the way, if you understand this, 
Holiness in God doesn't come in a hurry. It takes time. It takes time. Could, could God possibly send an interruption to the schedule of this world he created and say this to you? I'm sending this virus. And could possibly God say, I want you to understand that their answer is beyond human mankind. It's above us. It's with God. When all else fails, here's the question, what then? For the believer, for the Christian, if everything around us fails, we have the answer to the what then. God is still God. Johanna said in his prayer, God is still on his throne. He's still watching. And God still has the clue and the answer to our problems. My former church, Lakeview Baptist Church, had a, a steeple uh, where there was a bell in the steeple. And there was a uh, rope that attached in the, what used to be, you remember the cry rooms they used to have in church at the back? There was a cry room and they had it blocked off there. In the cry room, there was a rope that came out of the cry room and it, it hooked up high so the kids couldn't get it. And you'd pull on it and, and it would ring the bell and everybody said, I guess, what their bell? Tell people it's time for church or prayer or whatever. Uh, time for supper, I don't know. But you'd ring the bell. One of the kids got up on a chair once and uh, pulled that rope a little too hard and he broke it. Uh, I think he thought it was a ride. He swung down and come bring him back up, swung down and bring him back up, you know. He broke it. And so the music from Lakeview Baptist Church was silent for a while until one deacon said, I'm climbing up into the steeple, put a new rope, hung it down, and he repaired the rope that rang the bell. I want to say to you folks, I want to say to everybody watching online, could it be that what's happened to us recently is equivalent to a broken rope? We've lost our contact with the bells of heaven. We can't ring the bells of heaven. We haven't been ringing the bells of heaven because we've so focused on this life and what our happiness and our personal enjoyment and beneficiaries of that. We, we look at that and we've stopped ringing the bells of heaven. Could it be that God is bringing us back to this point to say, hey, why don't you pray again and ring the bells of heaven? Because when we do ring the bells of heaven, there is joy today. Prayer calls us, if my, if my people. Then it says prayer changes us. It says humble themselves. <clears throat> How does God, God's prayer change us? To begin with, it ma makes you remember. That you remember when you're praying that you don't have Do we? Next time you tell, if you're visiting with somebody and they, say, they seem to have all the answers, get away from them. Hey, you know what? We're, we're all broken people. Nobody has it all figured out. And by the way, prayer is not seeking our will done in heaven. Prayer is seeking God's will done on earth. And could we pray just for a minute and maybe pause for a minute during this season and pray, God, would you let your will be done on earth? And maybe he's trying to move us back in the will. That's what it's all, this may be all about. Prayer changes, changes our requirement for humility. To humble them. Person has to, to be humble, and the Bible says humble themselves. To be humble and humble yourself, you must pray this prayer. I have no strength. I have no sufficient knowledge. I have, I have pain I cannot fix. I can't, I can't do it. In humility, we cry out to God. And I ask this question, where are the humble people today? The Bible says that those who seek God's face should humble themselves and pray, and then God sends the answer. We should humble ourselves. Prayer changes us. It, change, it requires us to humble ourselves. And by the way, I love, and we have the altar call. It's harder for me these days to do this. 
but since knee surgery and back stiffness and joint problems, but I love when people get on the altar and pray. Maybe this could be a drive, a change to bring us back to the altar. Maybe we've tried to figure this out too long by ourselves, and God says, hey, remember me? Remember me? Prayer. Ask us to humble ourselves. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so that he may exalt you in due time. We need to be humble ourselves. Prayer changes, changes and renews us, renews our heart. Our hearts need to be changed. And we need to have a seeking heart. Prayer allows us to make eye contact with God. Ian Bounds says it like this. This kind of prayer of devotion that dwells in the quietness is that we still believe in God. The kind of devotion that belongs to man is this. We need to surrender our heart. God, here's my heart, so take and lead it. Prayer changes our habits. Turns from their evil ways. I remember years ago I was working in a church in DeSoto, Texas, not too far from here. In the pastor, we used to sit on the podium. The pastor... We were sitting there, and he says, hey, I want you to go to my office, and I want you to go pick up something for me. So I went to his office, and he told me he had left a book he wanted to show to the congregation, and so go get that book. So I knew where the book was, right on the corner of his desk. I've been in his office many times, and I opened his door with the key I had. His door was locked. I opened the door, and I walked in, and I see the book barely on the, it's very dark, but, but there was a, a not, most people have name tags, the office of Jerry Hayes, the office of Clyde Box. He didn't have that. The very center that he sat behind and prepared his sermons had these words, prayer changes things. And you would think with the lights off, I wouldn't see it, but it was one of those fluorescent things that I didn't turn the lights on, but I wanted to find his desk. All I had to do to find what I was looking for, we realized that prayer changes things. I'm going to say that again. All I had to do to find what I was looking for is to see written by God's truth, prayer changes things. So I went to the desk and picked up the book, put my hand still like this today. I still remember, put my hand on that little Glowing statement, prayer changes things. And I said two words, it does, it does, it does. We would be unwise as a congregation if we were fickle about this situation, and we are not in our country, in our world. But we do believe we need to reach out and touch the truth that our prayer changes things. We should pray for healing. We should pray for hope. We should pray for help. And finally, prayer cleanses us. He says in the last part of that verse in, in, in 2 Chronicles, he says that when you pray and seek my face, I will turn from, and turn from evil ways, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. The question I have is this. Is it possible that the answer to the healing of the coronavirus is one prayer way. One solution. God has the answer. And could it be possible to say unto us, look within yourself. Maybe God's trying to get our attention. I don't know. But one thing I do know for sure, we all need forgiveness. And really lately, we all realize how important healing is. It would be a mistake to just trust the medical profession to provide healing to this, although we trust them completely. And if you're sick, you go to a doctor. But it would be a mistake if we didn't pray to God for those doctors. If we didn't pray for, to God for those who create a cure, it would be a mistake. Would it be a huge mistake to not say, God, would you provide the answer? We pray this prayer. God, would you change us and cleanse us 
by your word. Solomon says, I will bless you, but don't forget my word. We're supposed to remember God's word. God says this, don't forget my statutes and my command. Maybe in these times, we are trying to look at how to have clean lives. We're all putting out hand sanitizer, and God says, I want you to have clean hands, but God wants something more deeply than that. As Psalm 5110 says this, create in me a clean heart. And sometimes when you look at national challenges like we're facing and international challenges that we're facing, it causes people to look beyond themselves and look inside themselves and look above and say, God, can you help me? Is there an answer up there that God can send? We should read the Bible every day. And when we read the Bible, we have clean hearts. But what are we going to do to clean our bodies? God says he would cleanse them for abandoning worship. The people in this day had abandoned worship. That left the temple. <laughs> if you look at the statistics, and I'm no prophet, but you look at the statistics of the people that stay out of church in America, in our world, and I'm not suggesting that God sent this to get attention, but I would say this, it would be unwise to face a challenge like we're facing now and not want to focus on help, the help that only God can send. We need God's help. Well, we have to do all kinds of things to cleanse us, in the Bible, they used different kind of things to cleanse people, especially in the temple worship. They had to cleanse the tabernacle. They had to cleanse their self because worship required cleansing. And it could be that maybe the big issue we're facing today is the church needs to be cleaned up. I, I, I wanted to send out another message to you online to say we have double cleaned the church. But there's one more. We have triple cleaned it. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses from all sins. We don't only clean the outside. We have the answer that cleans the inside. And Jesus cleanses us from sin. We have the answer. And so I want you to know, back in 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah was running on empty until he sat down and prayed. And the Bible says, suddenly an angel touched him. You may remember the series of Oliver North trial. And there was a great testimony that was given every day. Oliver North would walk in with his lawyer and his lawyer would take out a three by five card and turn it face down on the counter there by the microphone. And he would take it out of his pocket every time they'd go to court. Finally, after several sessions in court, Oliver North says to his lawyer, I've noticed, I've noticed that you always put the same card right face down before the microphone where, they, where you're speaking. What's on it? He said, you look at it. And Oliver North picked up the card, and this is what he read. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not faint. And so he says to his lawyer, what is that? He said, that, my friend, is the answer. We have the answer. Let's read it again. But those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and never faint. Let's trust God to send the answer we need to face the challenge our country is facing, our world is chasing right now. Let's pray together. I want us to sing together, Brian, and the praise team is going to come back and sing together. But I believe that we have to know that the answer is what the Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people who bear my name 
will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. There, if there's ever a time that the church should pray for healing, it's right now. Heal our land, God. God can do it. Send the answer, God. God can do it. As we sing after my prayer, I'm going to ask you to come to the altar. Let's humble ourselves and ask God to send the answer to this challenge. Let's pray. Father in heaven, bless us as we sing together. Bless our lives. Help us to pray humbly before you today that you'll send the answer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stand together. You come. Please pray.